0: Welcome everybody, thank you for joining us here on the Infinite Prosperity Podcast. My name is Louisa Havers and I help high achievers, entrepreneurs and coaches lift the lid on life and business so that they can live at their highest value. Each episode we will bring you our favourite founders, CEOs and guest experts to share with you their insights and strategies to expand your wealth consciousness, your spiritual leadership and aligned business strategies. We know that living in alignment with your soul's mission is what fulfills you, and we are here to show you how to achieve this in an energetically aligned way. If you haven't already, be sure to claim your free abundance activation in the Akashic Records. Go to louisahavers.com forward slash gift to unlock your abundance activation today. And if you'd like my support in having aligned success in life and business, then contact me at www.aluisahavers.com and let's explore together if it's an aligned match. Get ready to live at your highest value and to expand into your next level of money as you elevate and receive more, you create more for others. Righty ho, let's dive into today's episode. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Infinite Prosperity Podcast. I'm so excited we have the incredible Steve Hostet back with us for her second appearance on our show so a huge welcome Steve. Thank you for having me. Oh uh, and for those of you that are yet to meet Steve, you'll see in a moment why I'm so excited to have this conversation with her. Siv is a speaker, an expedition leader, an author whose philosophy is to inspire and motivate people to dream big in their life. Now she survived Nepal's 2015 major earthquake Resilience and determination led her back to the Everest, making her the first Norwegian woman to climb Mount Everest from the Nepali side. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And after working intensively in corporate culture, she suffered severe burnout, which made her sick for years. And both her illness and earthquake experience made her reevaluate what's important in life. And Ziv has just had an incredible life and made many expeditions uh since then and is recently back from an incredible trip where she was for 45 days solo in antarctica welcome thank you (laughs) so for those of our listeners who are getting to know you just tell us a little bit more about what led
1: you to doing what you do today so they can get a sense of of who you are yeah and and it's a little bit like people think i'm crazy doing what i do but I'm just an ordinary girl that love to hang with friends and, and I actually don't even like the cold so it's kind of <laughs> <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I just you know ended up climbing or actually I did the Inca trail in Peru and uh, from there I just felt so at home in the mountains so I just wanted to do more and more expeditions and ended up climbing the highest peak on every continent and. I'm on a journey to go to both the South and the North Pole. So, uh, what is called Explorer's Grand Slam is to climb their highest peak on each continent and to, uh, yeah, ski basically to both poles. And today it's only 70 people in the whole world who's done that. So, so
0: (laughs) your name's going to be up there.
1: Yeah. I want to be one of those people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, That's incredible. Yeah. I love how your your expeditions really do help people or be inspired with how they can apply what you learn whilst you're out there facing the weather all the, the challenges that can come from the expeditions that you do and how you can then apply it to leadership and, and, and to business. And I know that you are just recently back or fairly recently back from your latest trip. Do tell us, tell us what was that trip so that everyone can kind of get a sense of what, what, what you were doing, why you were doing it, what you were up against?
1: I was gonna ski kite. It's like the kites people use when they're on the water as well, but with skis. So from the East Antarctica to the South Pole. And it's a challenging route. It's actually the route that most people give up on. Uh, and it's almost double as long as the route that most people that do a full length expedition do but it's like several reasons why we actually i say we wanted to do that because i was supposed to go with an expedition partner and we had planned everything and just 10 days before we were supposed to leave in the beginning of november our major sponsor pulled out and said they wanted to wait a year and we're like what <laughs> I had my whole living room full of expedition gear and food and preparations were so fully on, you know. So that was like a major slap in the face. And uh, because my expedition partner, he's a musician, professional musician. So he's been without work for a couple of years now because of everything. So for him to just take some money from his bank was not really an option. And for me, I was thinking, you know, I've been putting off three months of my life to go to Antarctica and I just don't want to wait a year. I don't know what's going to happen within a year. Maybe there's another reason why we can't go or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, I'm just going to do it. So I decided to go on my own. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, people are like, what? You can't go on your own. And I was like, why can I not go on my own? You know, because there are several men who's done that before. Why couldn't I do it? Uh, but I actually got a lot of resistance on that. Uh, the company we were supposed to go with uh, refused to take me when I was the solo woman. Oh, uh, wow. so I had several discussions with them and, and uh, everything that was fine when we there were the two of us was suddenly now very dangerous and all kind of other reasons that I felt was basically bogus reasons for not letting me go. So I was like thinking, you know what, I have the plane ticket. Let me just go to South Africa, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I did. And I showed up in their office and tried to get an agreement, but they like, no, no 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 (laughs) so uh i tried several times i think i tried like six times and got no every time and i was like oh my god you know am i gonna give up on my goal or you know so i was thinking okay there is one other opportunity there is one other company let me just go and talk to them and they're like yeah we can make this happen and i was like whoa (laughs) Um, I got a later start than originally because it took time to, you know, convince people that a solo woman can do this. And it would have been the first time a woman had gone from that part of Antarctica to the South Pole. So um, that in itself was something, you know. Huge. Yeah.
0: Absolutely huge. I loved it when I suddenly saw that you were in South Africa. like... What are you doing there? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I know where you're going. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is quite something. And to have persevered, I think there's a real lesson there for everyone when you're talking about the perseverance you had to already before you've even got there against all these doors that seemingly were shut. I mean, I do feel that, you know, we hear these incredible stories like with yourself. And I often think of, very successful um, business owners or authors where they'll say Harry Potter was popping into mind (laughs) Mm -hmm. where wasn't JK Rowling rejected like lots and lots of times I don't know how many 15 times or whatever and then one publisher the final publisher that she went to opened the door and suddenly you know the rest is history and it feels like that you were up against that those are people just for whatever reason suddenly saying it was too dangerous just because you're a woman on your own was that was that it that they were saying those were the
1: reasons why yeah they even told me that um it will be too expensive if i had to have a rescue with the plane and i was like that plane is not going to cost more money if i'm on my own than if i went with my business expedition partner and it was okay two weeks ago, you know? Yes. <laughs> it's like, excuse me, I don't understand this. Can you explain it? But they didn't want to explain it, you know? Of course, because they couldn't. Mm.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow, that's quite something, isn't it? That doesn't make any any sense at all. So what happened then after you managed to finally, against all the resistance, How how were you like emotionally from, because that's quite a battering having... Everybody's saying, no, 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 and you're like, "Come on, I just want to get to the just want yeah. get to South
1: Pole. I was really sad for at at one point because I felt like I really, really wanted to do this, and I couldn't really understand why why I couldn't go, uh why I met all of this resistance uh of course, we all know the patriarchal system that's been around for thousands of years and and I felt like I was like hitting my head up against that. And and I think, like you said, with a lot of entrepreneurs and and founders of, of companies, we do meet obstacles, and you just have to just don't give up, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I was at the point where I was thinking, okay, if I'm not going to be able to do this, I'm just going to stay here for a month in South Africa. And and I was on come to an agreement with myself that I would be okay with that too, mm-hmm. but. Of course, when that the door swung open, I was like running for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How long did it
0: take to, so to get to the, the sort of beginning of get down to Antarctica so you could start
1: the expedition and start to go, like go alone? Well, the good thing is that it sounds like I just decided and then I'm going, you know, actually, I've been planning this for several years. Mm-hmm. So uh, I already have the plan for the food and 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 all of that in place. But it's still a lot of agreements that needs to be made and the logistics with the food and packing and preparations. So basically, I signed the final paper on the contract at the check-in desk at the airport as we left, because I only had 10 days from they said, uh, let's check if we can do it. Then two days later, they came back and said yes. Uh so I had like 8 days to like ooh, do, do prepare it. Wow. You got to pack food for actually I packed food for some extra days which I was really grateful for later. Uh and uh yeah have everything in day packs with breakfast, lunch, dinners, you know, uh, all of that. Calculate the number of liters of fuel you need for cooking and for melting water, all of that.
0: Um, tell us what was it like then from you know the the moment that you kind of finally set off this dream that you've been working towards for so many like you said so many years and finally you're on that path to do it did you have any sense that there were going to be additional hurdles along the way what was your kind of um, feeling about the trip when you finally got there and was set, I was going to say set sail I don't know what the term is set off <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: You know, it felt like it was really in flow until I got to like my starting point. Uh, they dropped me off there and it was like, it was kind of an incredible moment because there is three guys that actually drove me to the starting point and I was like, I haven't really known them for many hours, so I just briefly talked to, to two of them and I was like giving them a big hug. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's going to be the last people I see in weeks, you know? So wow it was like special moment when they laughed and and i was like okay now it's really real i'm here and and i'm on my own you know wow but i the night before flying out i didn't sleep at all because it was so many things to prepare because you need to double check your route the mm-hmm then um, yeah to have that ready 100 percent. that i need to all my devices to charge them to try to charge my battery to to have everything like ready you double check and you check again you know it's it's so much uh and the challenges in south africa is that several times a day they don't have power which of course. Means- you you can't for two and a half hour you without power and then uh, again also wi-fi you know so it's like okay now i just (laughs) wait until i can continue charging my stuff and you know yeah so so all that part was challenging but um when i was there ready to to start the kiting i had to prepare my sled because Mm -hmm. transport it you don't have the um, the things that you attach to your body on the sled you so i had to do some preparations when i got there and then the wind died oh <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah so no cold wind i'll just pitch up my tent and have a sleep <laughs> you know oh, gosh that was like day one <laughs>
0: <laughs> welcome to Antarctica yeah. <laughs> the unknown <Yeah. laughs> wow and then and what, was it, what was it like as you kind of went on that journey I mean I just am amazed around having 45 days on your own yeah is just incredible were you able to communicate at all were yeah
1: with the outside world <laughs> Satellite device where I can send small text messages like 160 characters, so it's like the old fashioned cell phones that we had all day. Back in the day, you went old school, (laughs) yeah. So, so I had uh, one guy that sent me the weather forecast every morning, and also every evening, by before eight o'clock, I had to send a message and say, Green, I'm good. You know, Uh, we had like a code green for good, yellow for like so slow and read for absolutely no good okay. i need help kind of thing so because if if i didn't get the message they will follow up with me for 12 hours and if still not getting in touch they will put the plane in the air within 24 hours to look for me wow so that's a good safety thing to have and and that little device that i had with me is also I gave a link to people so they can actually see where my location was. So they can just go online and it's like, okay, she's there. Um, So so for my family, that's good because they can just see, okay, she's moving. She's probably good, you know? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, that must have been very reassuring for for them because being able, not for them as well, not having that contact with you is, is is an emotional journey for them too. Yeah, uh, whilst well, you're doing all the hard work. But
1: you know. yeah, but I am um, there over Christmas and New Year's and, and I had a satellite phone, but it costs a fortune to call with them. So and you also want to save it for an emergency. So I don't really call a lot. But on Christmas Eve, I called and I think like my mom, she, she had troubles with me being there, you know. But for me, I didn't really feel the. I hadn't felt the Christmas vibe or the feeling that it was Christmas and so I I, I was okay actually much Mm. more than the people at home I think
0: probably yes because I guess there's no Christmas tree around you to kind of go this is this moment in time and your brain immediately then knows what the sorts of things your family are doing don't they
1: yeah and also in South Africa they didn't have like Christmas songs at the mall or anywhere so it wasn't really I didn't get into that vibe before going in so, so oh. that I think was helpful for me. Mm.
0: Uh, Amazing. What's been your sort of takeaway then from like you? You said you know you've had all these safety mechanisms in place, and you set off. What other challenges did you come up, come up against whilst you were going on this incredible journey?
1: Well, I had a very big challenge with the weather. Mm because uh, in the beginning, it was extremely strong winds. Uh, I had three people sending me weather forecasts and none of them were, were correct. And <laughs> <laughs> challenging, and, and especially because it was very strong wind gusts, you know, that was unpredictable. And when you're kiting, that is basically dangerous. So uh, I had uh, early on I had because the mountains where I started in the beginning there's mountains and they created like a turbulence as well so I was several times lifted by the kite and then when you have a heavy sled behind you hanging onto you that is not a good thing you know no wow so I was like realizing okay here I really need to be careful because end of the day the safety is the most important thing and um already on day three i had like i was just gonna launch my kite and then like a wind gust came from a different direction So I'd, like like slammed it to the ground and basically i broke a rib and um oh, i yeah, i hit broke off a little piece on the of the ski binding as well so i was like oops this can actually be quite dangerous with these wind gusts so mm-hmm. I mean, uh, breaking a rib is is very uncomfortable, painful, but it's nothing you can do about it. You know, you can't even put on a bandage. It's not going to help anything. So, so I was like, okay, this is like a message. <laughs> Be careful, you know. So I ended up using smaller kites than I normally would have done because I realized that these wind gusts are so strong and unpredictable that accidents can happen and, and I don't want that mm.
0: yeah. that's huge gosh so so much had happened already just in those that first week of setting off yeah it's incredible yeah. How, how was it I'm I'm a hermit <laughs> but 45 days like alone make it in, in Antarctica in somewhere where you haven't got you know Netflix to binge watch or things to distract you from the fact that you are alone <laughs> or, you know, lots and lots of books that you can kind of get through because obviously you had a certain amount that you can things you can carry.
1: What what was that like be, being solo for that length of time? I think like um, in the everyday when I was out kiting during the day, it wasn't a big problem because basically I'm busy the whole day. You know, um, you get up, have some breakfast, get dressed, go out and spend the day out kiting and, and most people will probably assume that when you get in, you can just relax, but then, you know, you have to dry your clothes, you have to boil water, so just to melt all the um, snow it takes about two hours to get the water that I need, you know, wow. and you're going to have dinner and Try. I tried to write some notes every day, you know, how I felt and what had happened that day and, and things like that. So by the time, like 9.30, I was like, it was getting cold inside the tent even. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to just relax, you know. So around 10, probably I went to bed most of the time. Just, yeah. So the day went fast. And then the days were I had um, like a whiteout where I couldn't really see. I think I could see only like 12 meter one of the days and you can't go out there kiting when it's only 12 meter visibility.
0: Wow, so you just have to stay in the tent mm-hmm. all day.
1: Yeah. And and then I had two days with like a storm. I think it was 20 meters per second or more wind. It's just stay at home, stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> I like had my little tent, what I called my castle. <laughs> <laughs> so I had some audiobooks there and but it wasn't really a big problem to make time pass, actually. Mm. Easier yeah. than I thought on forehand.
0: Yeah. That that's a ama- that that's amazing. That having to um it's being prepared, isn't it, for the unexpected and then going going with the flow of the unexpected. Yeah. you
1: kind of have to yeah. <laughs> in that
0: situation absolutely. obviously
1: absolutely and then after new year's it changed into not no wind it was like you're kidding me you know <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> too much and uh, and then it's like no wind is it <sighs> yeah. yeah yeah it's wow. very challenging i have to say
0: yeah. So how far did you did you get in terms of your 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 journey and progress because I know you wanted to get to the get to the south pole. Mm-hmm. What happened with that piece of the, the
1: the trip? How how long would it have taken you to get to the south pole? Well, if the weather would have been good, it would have taken me between 3 and 4 weeks. Wow, Uh, but in, it's kind of incredible. I was there for six weeks and not like one full day with good weather for kiting and that is like, is kind of, is it even possible? And and they said, well, this year was very challenging, there's a lot of wind. everybody complained about that. And I was like, well, that was lucky to go that year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also my weatherman said, well, and then everybody experienced no win afterwards, after New Year's. So it's, it wasn't only me that had the same trouble. But of course, if you're out there skiing, that many people that go to the South Pole, they do cross-country skiing. Uh, then the battery like that is not as challenging as for a kiter because we're dependent on the wind but i did uh, get uh, 930k so it's i did did a decent distance yeah uh, and i would have gone further but um at one point i realized that it's going to be a real challenge to actually make it to the south pole before the last flight out of there, because end of January, they close down for winter season is coming down there. So I was like thinking it would be a huge risk. I could have made it, but I could not have made it as well, depending on the weather. And um, as I was there, it was a huge surprise to me that the company that did the logistics for me they told me there that they couldn't fly beyond 83 degrees. And I was like, what? Because they couldn't actually pick me up if I went further than that point. And that is information I should have had before heading out. If you ask me, Mm. that was like a huge surprise, which at so if I passed 83 degrees, that would have been a major problem if I didn't make it. So I felt like I couldn't really take that risk. Uh, So in the end, they said to me, stop, don't continue. Even though I I wanted to go to 83 degrees because that would have been a place where they have a fuel depot and it it wouldn't have been really a big problem for them to pick me up there. Uh, But they they were like, no, no, stop here. So I I followed there. You know what they wanted uh but in the end they couldn't pick me up there with the plane so they the, they were they had me waiting for like a full week because at their location where the air runway was it was a storm and the planes couldn't lift off the ground even though my location was nice weather mm. so i was like sitting there waiting waiting you know <laughs> And then, finally, after one week, they they were going to go to that fuel depot and pick me up on the way. They came, they did circle a couple of times and left, and I was like, what? And then I got a message, sorry, pilot don't want to land because of the ground conditions. Uh, we'll get in touch for further information. And I was like, oh, shoot, you know?
0: That's quite... How did you feel as you saw the plane coming in and then uh, it disappearing again? It feels like a Hollywood movie, Siv. Like, yeah. I can think of <laughs> some action films thing. have had that sort of scene.
1: I was really sad when they left, I, I have to say. I cried, actually, honestly, uh, because um, I was so happy I've been there waiting for a full week. Not because they didn't want me to continue and not to kite anymore. so long days and then yay they're coming and there's like where's the plane what happened (laughs) you know Uh, yeah and then the realization oh they're not gonna land and they're not coming for me you know
0: that's quite something yeah quite something it's like a not only a physical challenge but such an emotional challenge to to go on this this expedition
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. What's been the, you know, as you it's it's kind of early days, isn't it, as you, you know, have come back and I'm sure there's more contemplation time for you as you move forward, but so far what what has been your kind of takeaway from from the trip and lessons for for life, for leadership, for business. I just feel there's so much in
1: your experience. Absolutely and and um I think one of the things that I only realized like last week is that I, I was at the hotel and I was going to the restaurant there and when I came in there I was like, oh my goodness, I can't stand it. I have to, I have to go out. It's too noisy. Mm. Because I've been in the quiet for such a long time and now I noticed the noise and the volume of some of that. And I think that we we don't realize how it's affecting us like in every day. Mm. So, so for even for people to consciously try to be in a quiet place it's actually very good for our body. So, and also if you're going to, you know, be a strong leader to not have all that noise going on and disturbing your whole day, you know, I think that's, uh, that's profound. And I, I didn't even realize how it's affecting me until I noticed now that I came back, you know. So that's one of the things, but also just not giving up on our dreams, you know, even though it's not happening, I know that I'm capable of reaching the South Pole. I was strong. I was healthy. I didn't have any issues. It was just the weather and I can't control the weather, unfortunately. So I just had to live with that. Um, So it's, I think that we just have to give it another go. Yes. When is the other go? When are you going to do it again then, Siv? I'm not sure. Probably not this year. <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm going to go to feed your summer warm first.
0: Fiji's <laughs> lovely. I have been there. I highly recommend it. <laughs>
1: and would you go alone again, Siv? Or would you? are you going to you know, buddy up with your partner again? I think I'm going to buddy up with my partner because I actually love to work in a team. Mm. And uh, yeah, so I know that I can do it on my own, but it doesn't mean that I will. Yeah. Because I love building a strong team and and helping each other and lifting each other and all of that.
0: Being able to share the experience as well. Like, you know, I've broken my rib (laughs) to be able to say that to somebody that you're with or look at that over there, or isn't it amazing? You know, I think that's just so special to be able to share share the experience
1: yeah and one of the things that I really love with going on these expeditions is to share the journey and I do that in my talks but also to show pictures and stuff like that and I actually started today to put out a picture on Instagram to actually start sharing some of the things because most people will never ever go to these locations and, and to share and yeah to mm-hmm. let know how it looks like and how it is that's some of the things that I want to do
0: oh thank well thank you for sharing that I'm, li- I'm living you know these expeditions through you <laughs> so this is my my adventure is like <laughs> getting to experience them through you so I'm so so grateful so t- tell everybody um you know how can people get in touch with you follow you where, where are you hanging out you mentioned
1: Instagram where else can people find you I have my web page, uh, so they can actually use my name, sieveharstad.com. Uh, and they will find me there. Oh. Um, and yeah, so it's um, a few things that I do I actually help people with like the mindset, because, um, yeah, leaders need that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've been through the journey. I've been a leader myself in corporate, and um, this experience not being able to reach my goal—I had that when I went for Everest in 2015 and experienced a massive earthquake. You know, <laughs> oh,
0: yes, twice you've had this experience where you've put your heart and soul into something and then, yeah, not hit the, not hit the goal because of things that have happened outside of your control. Yeah. That's huge. What what are the 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 uh, you know your 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 reflections on the lessons from that? Because I think that there's so many people that are probably listen to this podcast that recognise that experience, they're like, why is this not happening <laughs> or whatever, whatever's going on in their leadership journey. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I think that for from the twenty fifteen earthquake, my lesson was like, you never know what's gonna happen, don't wait. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to do it when I retire or they're waiting for this and that or for their friend to join or whatever is the reason why they were waiting. But I understood that there and then that things can change like that. You know, if you have, to have the opportunity, if you have a dream, if you have a goal, go for it. You know, and and I think like also this time I feel a little bit like maybe it wasn't the right timing with the weather. And, and I also have learned over the years now recently that um, I will get there. It's gonna be the right time, maybe a little bit later. Mm. And, and that's gonna be fine.
0: And you're never the same person going back. You're bringing all that experience that you've learned from this expedition back to that next adventure. You get to go twice.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a little bit to trust the journey as well mm. because like you said i have the i have improved my skills with being there and, and learned so much i'm going to be very efficient when i go back you know
0: yeah <laughs> Oh, I love it! I love it! I'm so excited for you and for all your future expeditions. So, after Fiji and a uh, hot country, <laughs> um, what what other expeditions have you got coming coming up? South Pole?
1: Any others on the horizon? Yeah, actually, we have the North Pole very short horizon. Um, yeah, there's been some challenges with uh, with our main sponsors, the guys that pulled out so right now we're doing what we can to try to pull it together and if so we're going in april the north- oh my word that's so exciting yeah. <laughs> so yeah. exciting where can we follow your trip to the north pole then
0: is that on your instagram page or on yeah. the, on the website
1: know. and also on my web page i'm probably gonna have like i had now like a blog where i update how it goes uh so that's possible to follow there and also then that's going to be like a three-week expedition skiing and uh, after that I'll go to Papua New Guinea sometime this year climb the highest volcano in the Oceania <laughs> oh, as you do oh
0: I love it <laughs> Let's... Well, Siv, thank you so much for coming and sharing your experience and the incredible lessons that you know you've taken away and learned and to be able to share those with us so that we can see how we can apply this to our own lives and, and to business and to you know that self-leadership leading ourselves through things where they're not quite going as going as planned yeah. so so grateful for you and for your courage and bravery for getting out there and inspiring us with these with these expeditions
1: oh, thank you and thank you for having me on there sure <laughs> oh
0: please do come back again and tell us about the <laughs> about the next one all righty thank you everybody thanks for joining us today looking forward to connecting you all please do come and join us in the money kinesiology facebook group where you can share your reflections on our conversations in our podcast and until next time sending you lots and lots of love namaste thanks for listening to the infinite prosperity podcast and if you like what you've heard and want to know more please go to louisahabers.com. havers.com We just appreciate you so much. So thank you for listening and hanging out with us. If there's anything that we can do for you, you can email us at louisa at louisahavers.com. Let my team know if you have any ideas for shows that you'd love to hear or topics you want me to talk about. Really looking forward to hearing from you. All right, that is it for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for today. Looking forward to connecting with you again. Until next time, namaste.